Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Warren. So, this week on the podcast, Tom has attempted to do this intro about seven times and failed awfully each one but I'm delighted to say on the upside we have Marcus O'Leary. Marcus is a comedian, a presenter, a chef and a soon-to-be podcaster on the Headstuff Podcast Network. That's right himself and the boss woman Taz Kelleher. That's right Taz Kelleher and Marcus O'Leary are starting a podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network. What more could you want? Well maybe you want to listen to a podcast in the shower. Well good news this podcast is called In the Shower and it's a podcast meant to be listened to in the shower. It's basically a podcast where the guys are going to take 15 minutes and talk you right through your showering process while answering the big questions in life like what happens to your brain when you're on LSD or why do you never see baby pigeons or how to wipe your bum but correctly it sounds absolutely amazing I think it's super intelligent on the guy's part and to be honest if you're a fan of personality bingo you're a fan of Taz and Marcus as you're going to hear in this episode Marcus is the dream guest this is one of my favourite episodes and as you will know from my intros and outros Taz really is the heartbeat of the podcast without Taz, there is no podcast, there is just a pod. Um, so, other than that, the most exciting news of all time, Personality Bingo is doing a live show. That's right, Personality Bingo is doing a live show in the Tivoli Theatre on September 22nd. Tickets go on sale this Monday. It's absolutely incredible. Not just are we doing a live show, we're doing a live show with one of my favourite comedians, one of my favourite podcasters, Jarlith Regan. I can't believe it. Jarlith is um, the host of an Irishman Abroad podcast, which you've heard me reference in this podcast numerous times. I am so over the moon that Jarlath has agreed to do my podcast, directly followed by him doing his podcast uh, with Roddy Doyle. Roddy Doyle is going to be on An Irishman Abroad. Before that, Jarlath Regan plays Personality Bingo. It's a double bill. Buy a ticket for me, you get a ticket for Jarlath, vice versa. We are on the same bill. It is so exciting. Um, it's part of the Dublin Podcast Festival, presented by Aiken Promotions and Headstuff, uh, which is so amazing. A massive um, thank you and congratulations and all the positive vibes to Alan and Paddy. They do incredible work at Headstuff, and uh, this is such a great reward for them because there's also so many other amazing podcasts coming to it, like um, S-Town, My Dad Wrote a Porno, um, Juvenalia, Alison Spittle Show, Fascinated with Grode Farrelly, all these wonderful podcasts. Um, David Hanratty is doing a live show in Whelan's as well, um, with No Encore. There's so much amazing stuff to check out. I implore you to check it out online. Um, Aiken Promotions head stuff. All the details are plastered all over the place. My Twitter. Um, guys, please check it out. Other than that, check out my web series, Fix Me. It's online. It's on YouTube. I uh, would love to hear what you think if you take the time to listen. It's um, set uh, over four episodes. Uh, if you want to do it in a binge, you can do it in about 50 minutes. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. Guys, other than that, uh, The Rivals opens this week. Super excited about it. Uh, we preview Monday and Tuesday. We open on Wednesday at 7.30. And then we're doing five weeks in Smock Alley um, from the end of July until the beginning of September I would love to see you there it's a really really funny play and um, yeah I'm really proud of what we've made so far and I can't wait to start to share it with an audience other than that I'm going to be doing a show in the Dublin Fringe Festival with the incredibly talented Fionn Foley Fionn is in my opinion one of the best writer actor performers in Dublin at this moment and it's produced by uh, the amazing Andy Carberry who is a fan of the show uh, he's also a gentleman and just one of the best producers right now I'm so excited to get to work with the both of them they are a powerhouse duo. That show is called Fierce Notions and it is in Smock Alley as well in the Black Box Theatre as opposed to the main space. It's a beautiful little intimate theatre but I would warn that that would probably sell out because it is a, it is a tight little space but uh, yeah, we're going to get up close and personal um, and have some musical fun with Fierce Notions, a new musical written by Fionn Foley. Both of those projects, The Rivals and Fierce Notions have brilliant cast attached to them and tickets are on sale right now so hey, why not just get a ticket right this minute. Guys, uh, other than that, 
yeah, the live show is so exciting. Uh, let me know what you think of this. It's very exciting to me. Um, Jarlath is a genuine hero of mine, uh, which is a little bit corny to say, but I've said it now and I'm not doing an eighth intro. Uh, guys, other than that, um, be sure to check out Taz and Marcus's podcast in the shower. If you haven't given us a rating or a subscribe, do that, please. That makes such a difference. I would love to see us climb into the charts in advance of our episode with Jarlath. And yeah, other than that, guys, check out Marcus O'Leary playing personality bingo with Tom Moran. Oh, Marcus Aleri, you ready to play personality bingo with Tom Warren? Oh, I'm a little bit nervous, but yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it, let's do it. So, um, I'll do a quick explainer of how it all works. So, we have 60 balls in here, 60 questions right here, and I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. Um, once you do that, I'm going to give you these five numbers here. In fact, I'll just do that right now. Why don't you read out the five numbers that you have in front of you? So, you've given me 14, 19, 2, 55, and 38. I'm sure there's like loads of bingo terminologies for all of these. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't really... Hang out in too many bingo halls. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you know, uh, b- before like we got started with this, I had the idea of that. And I was like, I'll make my own. So I made like a rhyming thing with each number. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly spent about three or four hours on it. Got to the end, it was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> what, was, what was the stupidest one? Oh, there was something, there was something like, like 17, like legal to have sex. Like... <laughs> They were ridiculous. Like, oh, they were, brilliant. They were so stupid. Like, um, But anyway, so that doesn't exist, thank God. All right, I, I really have half the listeners that we do have. Uh, so, um, yeah, okay, do me a favour. Will you pick a sixth number between 1 and 60, anything of your choosing, and scribble it in there? Yes, I will. Let's go with um, 22. Ooh, any any particular reason? Uh, not really. Okay. No, just, uh, just feeling it. Just feeling 22. Bit of Taylor Swift action. How instinctual of you. Absolutely. Maybe this is the way to go. Normally people have like a pre... like I feel like they have A like, predetermined number? Yeah, they'll pick their lucky number or, or something like that. Uh, but you just kind of gone for your goal. No, I think 22 is a good number. I think it's, um, it's, it's you know, it's, it's better than 11. Yeah. It's better than 33. Yeah, for sure. It's in there. No arguments there. Like, it's, I remember being 22. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good time. Yeah, tw- I had a good 22 as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement that you pick next number. So if you do tick off all those numbers, including the 22, then you get to turn a question back on me, and I promise to give you a totally honest answer. Right, okay. That's what you win. Well, that's, I hope I get to do that. Yeah, you win my truth. Yeah. You, you win, win the, the Tom Moran's truth. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like an add-on to a video game or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, your, that's just your question. What is your truth? The truth of Moran. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. All right, well, let's just do it. Let me see what time we're at. Okay, so 60 minutes from now. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Let's just... Uh, oh, I had it facing the wrong way. That, that's, uh, that, that that's could have okay. thrown okay. things into disarray. Right, let's uh, give it a spin. Okay, your first number is number 36. Number 36. Do you have it? No, I don't have 36. Okay, no worries. Let's not panic just yet. Um, how do you feel, speaking of talking about ages and 22 and all that, how do you feel about being the age you currently are? Oh, how do I feel about being 28 years old? Weird, actually. I was thinking about this the other day because 28 is very much, you're an adult. You're like, you're a real person by the time you're 28. You sure. don't get away with things the way you did when you were younger. Um, and... I kind of like that. I mean, I, I've taken a very non-traditional career path. Um, you know, I'm very much kind of built this weird little world for myself. But at the same time, I seem to be more accountable uh, for actions and stuff like that. And I think that's cool. I think I, I can really appreciate that. Um, 
I also don't I, I like there are times that I really feel my age. Hangovers are getting worse. Really? Uh, yeah, like hair's thinning. Um wow. like you know, you just kinda you feel things like that and you're like, Oh no. Like that's that's a reality check. That's a that's something that wouldn't have happened here. Like I went on like, <laughs> like after a taste of Dublin, yeah. every year there's an after party. And I went and like that was, granted I got home like we went out on Sunday night and I got home on Monday morning about nine nine AM. Mm. I was done for a week. I was cooked. Really? It was bad, yeah. Yeah. Like I remember like you know, we mentioned twenty two earlier. If I was twenty two I would just be like on the Tuesday just be like, Let's go again. Yeah. But um no, I I have to say I like twenty eight because I'm pretty happy with my life. And what are some of the things that you feel like you remember saying you feel like you wouldn't get away with certain things in as much? What are those kind of things? Oh, just like you know how you can just be a bit more of an idiot. Yeah. When you're young. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying this goes across the board. I guess um, a lot of the crowds that I DJ to would be quite young. They'd mm. be between the ages of like eighteen and twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um. And some of them, you look at them and you're like, you do not know the sus like you, you genuinely your your keen love for life has not been blunted by the harsh truth of what existing is <laughs> not to get massively morbid but like you know it's like that's the uh and i think that's really cool in in a way but um i guess like at 28 you've learned some stuff you've lived a little you you've done some things and you realize that all the things you know are actually amounting to sweet f all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it's it's very much entering into. I, I don't want to say another phase. That's so cliched, isn't it? Well, like another. I know what you mean though. Like, what do you think the biggest difference between you at twenty two and you at twenty eight is? Less of a dick now. Really? <laughs> yeah. And why? Why? Like, what kind of stuff like constituted as being a dick at twenty two? Oh, just like. Always wanted to, like I was the type of guy I'd like whip out a guitar at a party and be like anyway here's Wonderwall like that kind of right 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 yeah like always having that real desire to be at the center of attention ah okay um and I'm like you know what like without that I wouldn't be where I am today mm-hmm. but I'm very glad that I've managed to kind of temper that down to to something else yeah yeah it's like it's weird I think that like everyone needs to live. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to learn. Everyone needs to have the best experiences that they have in their lives. But if if you're not kind of growing and developing yourself in that six year gap, yeah, then God, what yeah, have you done? yeah. Do you think there's some? This is like this is kind of this is only tangentially linked, but it did mm. just like spark the thought in my head of like, do you ever think about? So yeah, if you're saying like that, like I'm just gonna call it like an attention seeking tendency. Mm-hmm. Just that's way too broad stroke, but let's yeah. just like ballpark it. Uh, that then like so let's just call that like again way too ballpark, but like a dysfunction. But then you don't like manage to turn because like as a like an actor, comedian, or writer, yeah, whatever yeah. I am, I, I I I totally understand what you're saying. So like you're turning like that dysfunction like somehow into being the thing that like makes you function. I guess so. Yeah, it's uh, you know how like you, you hear about those people who have. Like attention deficit disorder, and then, you know, start working as a chef or start working, like start cycling or something like that. And all of a sudden, all of their energy goes into that. Or, like, say, an alcoholic or a drug addict goes into recovery instead of, like, you know, relapsing, they kind of refocus their addiction on something else. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I used to do heroin and now I swim across the Atlantic four times a day. Like, that, <laughs> like yeah. something like that. I think it's a, a similar thing that if you. If you realize that, yeah, you you are like you're thirsty for that attention, mm. like you need to be in the public eye like that, or you need to to have someone kind of validating you or something like that, you have to look at 
I suppose where that's coming from and if you can redress that to to benefit you and more importantly others mm-hmm. then yeah. that's cool you know that's a that's really good yeah. otherwise you're just going to be like that 28 year old standing in the middle of coppers with their pants down thinking they're gas yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't want to be that guy you, no one wants to be that guy no no and even even that bit like you know that bit uh, sorry I, I should have put this in flight mode because I'm using it for the stopwatch you know that bit about um, where we were talking about like like, do you ever wish that you didn't even have that thing that makes you want to host and DJ and do comedy? Like, do you ever wish that part of you d- didn't I, exist? No, I don't. Like, because it's always been me. Like, ever since I'm an only child, I grew up, um, like, kind of not being forced, but like, you know, I was hanging around with a lot of adults. Um, and I suppose it, it was always like, it was always part of me to to be able to talk to people and to be able to interact with groups and stuff like that. Mm. So to to wish that, that that didn't exist would be to wish that I was a completely different person. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever wished that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right, cool. We go well, again. I've never said that out loud. That's a, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty chill. Pretty That's a pretty good with. thing to yeah. not wish though. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of people who have wished that. Probably, yeah. Which is super sad. Well, it's also kind of super awesome because like you're in complete control of yourself at all times. Yeah. Like you've, you know, obviously there's debates about autonomy and everything at the moment, but you are the one proprietor of yourself and no one else. And if you wish to be someone else, then all it takes is a little bit of action. That's true. I think that's true. Do you think that everyone can, like, change in that way? I think everyone can. I don't think everyone will. I definitely don't think everyone should. Yeah. Um, I think it probably depends on a lot of, a lot of kind of external situations that, you know, somebody might be awesome but might be getting bullied or something like that and they'll look back at themselves and say, oh, no, I must be crap. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's really sad. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think everyone should be, like, maybe taking taking a couple of little breaths. Yeah. Maybe being a bit mindful, seeing seeing what's the crack with themselves and uh, and growing from that. For sure. And, all right, let's just... Sorry, this is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> just got stuck in one question. That's all right. <laughs> uh, like, what, just... Just like, for example, if like, let's just say, I'm just going to say, because you do so many things, let's just mm. take like comedy as one of them for the moment. Yeah. And like, just like, it's a super tough world and it can be like difficult and like frustrating from like my little bit of experience in it. And let's just say that then you got fed up with that and you're like, fuck, I actually, I like don't want to be a comedian anymore. But then you have that part of you, whether it is that like still that little kid, like hanging around with loads of adults that kind of needed attention and you wanted, <laughs> like you wanted to lose it. Do you think you could ever lose that will to be at the center of attention? Um, I don't know. See, like the reason that I always did these things, it wasn't like, I, I say be at the center of attention. Like that was very much in my, in my kind of teens and early twenties. Like I, I started being in bands and being in plays and doing stuff like that and I found that like when when I was on stage it was a, a version of myself that could really like put something out and create create I suppose an atmosphere of, or a vibe and maybe make some people happy mm-hmm. and as I did more comedy and as I started DJing and hosting I realised that um that kind of the crux of all my jobs is to actually just bring joy into people's lives a little bit so that's what it's become for me that it's um, if I can make people happy through comedy or food or music or anything like that, mm-hmm. then that's that's my vibe. That's yeah. kind of what I'm into. Yeah, that's amazing. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's. I suppose going back to the whole thing about the transformation between, like everybody look at me to like yeah, like if you know what I know, loads of people have shitty days all the time. 
Like everyone has shitty days. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is you know, make one person's day a little bit less shitty, and you don't know what far-reaching effect that's going to have. Yeah, for sure. So if I can be doing gigs to a couple of thousand people, you never know how many of them might have been having shitty days uh-huh. and are now having a slightly less shitty day and they're not going to go home and like kick their dog and that dog's not going to bite the postman the postman's not going to go home and like slap his children the children aren't going to grow up to be a serial killer you know it's that kind of yeah that kind of thing yeah so. yeah like the the, uh, the butterfly <laughs> effect you know yeah <laughs> like I don't want any postman to be slapping his kids like that's no me neither yeah just his wife I'd be shitty kids yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah there's this actor and uh, he was on um Oh, this podcast, what was it called? It was like Rise Productions, this guy called Angus Oak McNally. Anyway, the actor's his name is Aaron Monaghan, and I just, I always remember listening to it years ago when I was in my like, last year mm. drama school, and I just remember, really struck with me, he was, it was exactly that thing, he was like, even some days, yeah, you're like potentially not feeling like the show necessarily in the same way. It's one of them days where it's just that bit more of a struggle, and he's like, but I always remember that, yeah, there's someone out in the audience who just needs this, like, there's, yeah. there's someone there, they're not just there because they're going to the theatre, they're there because they need this. And, and also, like, the, the way, whatever, for us, it's just a gig, it's work at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody might have been, like, planning this for months. Like, I know people who, you know, maybe, like, they're a broke-ass college student who, like, if they're if they've a tenner to live on for the week, and they're deciding to spend four euro to get into the night you're playing, mm-hmm. or like a fiver to go to your comedy gig, that's a hell of a lot of money for them. That requires sacrifice and planning and everything like that. Like, it's more important to you, to other people than it is to you sometimes. Yeah, and like looking at that and having that perspective is really really important. Yeah, mm. for sure, definitely. Great. It's gotten deep. It did just straight in there. You know, straight in. Yeah, the next... None of this fluff talk. Yeah. Just right into the philosophical <laughs> mindfulness depth. The next <laughs> question will probably be about, like, facial hair grooming or something, so... Oh, wait until you hear my philosophy on that. No, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, um, ball number 34. Do you have that? I don't. We're sticking in the 30s today. All right. We're sticking in the 30s. Let's just do it. Okay, tell us about a moment in your life that you would describe as a close call. Oh, that's the first time this question's ever been asked. It's a, a new close question. call. Yeah, um, I broke my spine in five places. What? Yeah, that's a pretty close call. Whoa! When I, when I was like fifteen or sixteen, kind of, yeah, sixteen, I was uh, in, I was on holidays in Slovakia with my family um, oh. in the Tatran Alps, and I was into mountain biking at the time. I spent a lot of time in the Tatran Alps. Did you? No yeah, way! Yeah, I shot. A, I shot a film in you Slovakia for like four months, pretty much. Where were you in uh, the whole country? But we, I climbed yeah. like the high Tatras. Yeah. Yeah. So, did, were you in um, Yevla? I don't all? think so. Or Jasna? I don't think so. Right now, Yevla is a place in Sweden. So I was gigging. Jasna is in Slovakia. Right. Or Jasna, but basically. This is also, like, uh, when I learned that I'm actually an idiot as well. <laughs> um, you know how, like, I don't know, if you have a bike with two brakes, what brake is the left brake? The, the, oh, Jesus. It's, I always associate left brake with the back brake. That's oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. how I grew up. So I went to, went to this mountain biking center. First time I'd ever, like, descended something with a chairlift. Like, it was insane. So, like, literally rented this bike. Um... Got up to the top of the hill, really excited. I just bought this new helmet. Um, I was wearing like all my pads and everything. I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna shred down this fucking hill. Like, really excited little teenager. Get to the top. Um, there's these two guys who are like mountain bike guides. Place is pretty quiet. My dad's down at the bottom of the hill having a coffee, being the ever supportive father that he is. And I didn't check what side the brakes were on. 
Um, mm. So, yeah, it was like I was going down this hill. Um, it was maybe like a minute into the ride. It was a fairly gnarly hill. Um, and I was going over a jump and I was coming into it a bit too fast. So I pulled the pulled the left brake, which, as it turns out, was the front brake. Oh, fuck. Um, bike completely creamed out of the control. I went over the front handlebars and over the lip of the jump and fell down about two meters straight down onto my head and got compression fractures in my thoracic spine, T5 to 9. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty scary. Um, So in that time, it was like, this is actually like going back to the first like so I was I was in hospital in Slovakia for about five weeks. Um Oh my god. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore and like doctors coming, I was like absolutely out of my brain on morphine for two weeks, which was great. <laughs> Shout out to morphine. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan Don't of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, like uh, the doctors coming in three times a day asking if I could still move my toes. And like there was only one doctor in the hospital who spoke any English. Um oh. Yeah, so that was um that was pretty crazy. And then had to like fly back um fly back to Ireland in an air ambulance and Oh my god. wear a back brace for 3 months. Um so yeah, I I think when it comes to close calls that definitely takes the biscuit. Yeah. Um it takes the tin of biscuits. Yeah, but I mean like that's uh giving me a hell of a lot of appreciation for everything like every day I wake up and I'm like oh I have legs class um, yeah because that was a risk that you just wouldn't be able to yeah could have died could have died yeah it's the fact that I, I'd bought a new helmet like a big full face downhill thing about two or three days before wow and I still have it in my house um, keep it on a shelf yeah so blood all over the front of it which really? is a bit gross when I say it out loud but um, and how you can see all the cracks in the helmet from where where the impact hit holy shit man. yeah so like listen wear helmets guys yeah there you go Fuck. Check your brakes. Whoa. Yeah. That is crazy. And sorry, what age were you when that happened? Like 15, 16. Oh, you were that I, young? I, I was, I just turned 16, I think, yeah. Wow. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah, so that's um, that's probably the, cl- the closest call I've ever had. Um, outside of that, like, you know, you, there's a couple of, you take a couple of gambles. Like sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never ridden a motorized vehicle before. I don't drive. Yeah, don't. riding a motorbike in India was pretty hardcore. Oh really? Yeah, renting a motorbike and just going around the st- like there's no rules of the road in India. Yeah, like it is literally survival of the fittest. <laughs> um, and like every car and truck has sound horn, please, um, on the back of it because that's how you have to just let people know you're there constantly. A lot of cars don't even have wing mirrors or anything like that. Oh my god! So you have to be savvy. And we're in um. Myself and a couple of the couple of my mates who I was traveling with, we were in this place called Hampi, um, which is this amazing place, kind of a, on the I suppose the midwestern kind of part of India, mm-hmm. and the we were there when there was like this huge religious festival for Hanuman, the monkey god, right, and there were like thousands of bikes and cars on the road, and then just us in the middle of it, and like we were the the only two white people in the middle of it, and like. In hindsight, the fact that I'd never ridden a motorbike before, basically riding in a giant convoy, singing really loudly because like if like if you start singing, everyone starts singing, wow. even if there's no words or anything like that. So that was a pretty crazy moment. But I look, you know, it's one of those things that you look back at and you're like, maybe I should have should have gotten a taxi. <laughs> oh man! So when you said when you start singing, everyone starts singing like we are mates. No, like. 
everyone in the place, like even if you just start shouting or start like like going ah! or anything like that, they'll all just like genuinely just everyone started joining in. It was cool. What, what, is there a reason or is it just a thing? No, it's just the vibe. Like, it's just the... Whoa. Yeah. That's great. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, like a couple of thousand people all just shouting for the crack. That's for amazing. The, for a monkey god, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that was just like a dangerous like road situation. Yeah, it was just kind of like the Road Safety Authority would not have been mad into that. Yeah. Like they're not sponsors of Hanama. No, I mean like you, you know, you can imagine the the RSA ad would just be like a lot of kids having a picnic in yeah. a forest or something and then like a thousand people on mopeds come crashing over a wall. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like wear your seatbelt. Wear your seatbelt. <laughs> it's just that repetition. <laughs> Amazing. Um, fuck, well, I'm glad you can walk. So am I, actually. Funny you should say. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, uh, let's give another spin there. Um, holy moly, that was... Uh, I'm glad that I put that question in. That's a new question. It's like the remodel questions. We're getting personality being a 2.0. Um, okay, this ball is number 18. No, I have 19. Okay. And 14, but I don't have 18. All right, well, no worries. Uh, question number 18 is, how did you find out the truth about Santa? How did I find out the truth... About Santa. God, I need to dig up some repressed memories here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting. Like, no brothers or sisters. Like, that's... I feel like a lot of people could find out that way, potentially. I think, like, my asshole aunt just told me. Really? Do you have an asshole aunt? Yeah, like... Everyone has, like, assholes in their family, you Definitely, know? Definitely, yeah. Definitely. I think, like, she's French. Um, like, I'm half French. Oh. Um, so I, sp- I spent a lot of Christmases in France growing up. Right. Um... <laughs> And I'm pretty sure she said it was like a throwaway comment. Yeah. And because like I was so used to hanging around, hanging around with adults, I had to pretend that I was like totally cool with it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it was about nine years old or oh, something. Oh, no. Yeah. And she was just like, Le Père Noël n'existe pas. So, like, it, like, just really like, I mean, Santa doesn't exist. Um, yeah. Like, by the way, if, if there are any, any, any true Santa believers listening in, the magic never dies. Stay strong. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just saying this is a completely hypothetical situation. Yeah, the French are all um, bastards anyway. The French are all bastards. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Marie Le Pen punching Santa Claus in the face. <laughs> I think so. And then going on strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's kind of... I had my suspicions. Yeah. I had my suspicions, generally because, like, you know, I didn't know Santa smoked Benson and Hedges and, <laughs> like, you know, that was my, what my parents smoked and, like... It's also the concept of Santa. It's always weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're sitting around as a kid watching the news all the time, and it's all like, you start kind of thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. It's just like, hey, do you want this guy breaking into your house? He comes down the chimney. It's weird, <laughs> isn't it? It is very weird. He knows what you're thinking. He watches you all the time. <laughs> like, how, how can you, like, have that and then be teaching kids stranger danger as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it is a weird one. And it's just so crazy that, like... <laughs> It works so well. I know, right? It's so successful. But like, do you think that it'd be just as successful if Christmas was just a great time to be like, yo, parents, you are sound as shit. Like, and like the rule was, if you're not good to your parents, instead of like this imaginary fat man. Yeah. Like, if you were just really sound to your parents, they'd, they'll sort you out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why did like parents create that buffer? I wonder. I don't know. Where does it come from? It comes from like Scandinavia. Is it Scandinavia? I have no idea. It feels Scandinavian. Like it feels Scandinavian. Saint Nicholas. Saint Saint Nicholas. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. I'd like to think that it was something. Maybe just like an excuse. 
Yeah. Like, so if you if you if you could only get shitty presents for your kids. Yeah. Like, but um. Yeah, true. I don't know. I think we should we should maybe petition to get a new system in. Maybe. Maybe move with the times. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could design an app that tracks if you're naughty or nice. Yes. By your actions, like you can go by GPS. Like if if it sees you're somewhere you're not supposed to be, mm-hmm. then you know that that's like a big naughty point. If it like if it sees that like every Wednesday at eight you're going to an old folks home for two hours, yeah, then that's like serious nice points. Yeah. And then that gets uploaded into. I think you know what I, I kind of regret saying this out loud because I think that's a really patentable idea. Yeah, are you writing in season four of Black Mirror? <laughs> yeah, maybe like, <laughs> like yeah, seriously, we could do like an eye Santa kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Wouldn't that'd it? be pretty good. Yeah, like yeah, it, and it gets uploaded into your family network. You could have like your your groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be so pissed off if one of your listeners makes this. Listen, if somebody <laughs> makes this, at least give me some equity in this idea. Yeah, we could call it Santa app. Oh, that's good. Oh no. Oh, I think you have to do this now. I think so. <laughs> You're too deep in. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah. That's. Um, I think that it could. Uh, it could have legs. I think I had an idea for an app the other day. Yeah. I want to run it by it for a date nap. For a date nap. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because I was reading. I, I was reading about. It was. So, it was like total clickbait. It was on Joe or something. But it was. Mm-hmm. A, it was talking about Tinder. Right. And it was saying how. I, I. Whatever it was saying. It was saying that the that like it. I think it was saying the people who they were like it was weird the way they were talking about they're like extremely good looking people don't do super well on Tinder but like like I, th- I don't know what the term they use but let's just say like low to average looking people uh, did much better because really? if they got a date then like people would after the date they would always think they were better looking because they'd like gen- generally speaking had like better personalities or something now that I say this out loud this sounds like bollocks anyway yeah it just whatever it was it sparked the thought in my head it was like that is the weakness of Tinder is that you can't like talk you mm. can't like actually talk to someone or even anyway my idea for an app provoked by this weird article that I've just like butchered um, was that it would be like Tinder all the same like very very similar like the pictures and all that like makes sense to, yeah. s- to see someone sure but that rather than it being like a little bio that it would be like a, like a little like voice note or like a WhatsApp voice message you know Okay. and you'd all have right. I don't know, let's say like 90 seconds or something uh, to talk instead. Yeah. I feel like you get a much better sense of someone that way. I feel like, yeah, you could definitely... But then, like, people are idiots. Like, have you ever used Tinder yeah. or anything like that? Like, yeah. the majority of people are just like... I, I, and I say this, I've gone on, like, female friends of mine Tinders and seen guys and everything like that, and I'm like, wow, that is a gross misrepresentation <laughs> of what I would consider, like, the male species to be. Sure. Like... Actually, you know what? I'd love to see your app just to see how many people would be like, how's it going? My name's Dave and I'm a full-time mad bastard. <laughs> Legends. <laughs> like, how how can you tell people that you've posed beside a tiger? Yeah. <laughs> in a voice. I th- but you know what? I think that's cool. And I think um, I wrote an article on this a while ago how um, dating apps are like basically fucking all human interaction. Yeah. Um, and, like, we're not learning to to interact the way that makes any kind of sense on a societal level. Like, what age? You're, we're about the same age, aren't we? I'm 24. You're 24, I'm 28. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we're kind of... Very similar age. What age were you when you had your first kiss? Uh, 12. 12. Yeah. Um, do you remember how that felt? Yes. Like... It was nerve, not the kiss itself, because I'm just, like your face is wet. It's your first kiss. It's Very like a wet. washing machine job. Yeah, but like, 
you remember the nerves that you felt? Incredibly nervous. Incredibly nervous. And like that kind of like f- that giddy feeling afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is being removed. And it's the same thing that goes for like cyberbullying. Anything that basically removes face-to-face contact mm-hmm. completely destroys human empathy. Yep. Like I talk to someone and I can gauge their body language. I can read their facial cues. And it's like it's all stuff that you do subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's somebody on the other side of a of a dating app or a Snapchat or anything like that, you yeah. don't see anything yeah. like that. So all of a sudden, that's like you see on Tinder and stuff when, you know, and so many like my girlfriends have showed me messages from guys being like, oh, well, you're a fat, ugly slut anyway. Like, I didn't want to talk to you. It's like, why would you say that to someone? Yeah. You absolute lunatic. I know. So maybe a voice message could be a kind of sound. Yeah. That, like, that you could just message back and be like, that's that's not cool. Dave. I, yeah, at least you can hear the like humanity in someone's voice. Exactly. Because yeah. you're so right. Like, and, and even arguments that I have, I had like an argument with a friend the other day, like one of my best friends, and but it was it was an argument that like like we didn't get to talk about it in person, mm-hmm. and it, then it, we started discussing it in text message, and then it got like bad. Oh yeah. Because like she, I couldn't hear her voice, she couldn't hear mm-hmm. my voice, so we had like. We were like projecting loads of shit onto like our words, whereas if we were yeah. talking like this, she would have been just like, "Oh, this is just Tom and me having a misunderstanding, and yeah. we'll work it out super fast." Absolutely. And the minute we sat down, yeah. we did. But like until we did that, we were we're not talking to each other. So we're like we're talking about kind of like our fantasy of what the other person is probably intending, you know? Yeah. What does she mean, straight line mouth emoji? <laughs> yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I but know. that's it. I mean, like, oh, it's just like I think it's ruining people. Yeah, I think it's like we're gonna have a whole generation of people who can't actually look people in the eye, or are just gonna like try and swipe right across people's faces. I know. Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. It's weird. It's yeah, fucking really weird. Yeah, and it, like it just—it doesn't seem to be. It like again, I, I'm telling you all my bad ideas that I've had. I had another idea about like, uh, like a little series about where it was like so with all the like online dating that this like little like startup went the complete opposite way and started a like, uh. Not a date, like a, like a dating. I guess it was a dating website, but it was like trying to take dating like offline. I guess every needs a website, but then mm-hmm. like what it would be is like you'd sit down in a room with a person and you would like kind of like a matchmaking service. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. It was like for a show. I don't think it was very good. But anyway, I was just interested in the idea of like will because you know the way if everything's going one way, then someone runs the other way with an idea like that's gonna get a little bit of traction just yeah. because. Not everyone, like, like a lot of people don't like online dating. No, as well as like the fact that Absolutely. most people probably do. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I don't know, like, will it, will things go, and I don't mean just dating, but, like, will the world go back, like, super offline as well, or will it split into, like, an online world, an offline world, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have, like, a big offline revolution. Yeah. Where people only communicate through empathy. Which I... Just through, through just pure empathy. No, no words. Just eye contact. <laughs> just staring directly yeah. into someone's eyes. Tears into trickling down. <laughs> yeah. The, the slow tear, <laughs> the one just like, like fogging up a window and writing "I love you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can only communicate in window fog and sand. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> amazing. I like it. That, yeah, I think you know utopia. what. Let's uh, let's have a business meeting after this. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Between like our Santa app, this this on offline def- dating. You know what? We we will definitely make. 100 of euro off this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Um, okay, here we go. Number 17. 
Still no. <laughs> tough day at the office. Has this ever happened before? Just yeah. Yeah. People have just gone completely blank. Not got one. Completely blank. You're doing fine so far. Like we've only gone. What we are, we're less than half an hour in, so we're okay. less than halfway. So you're, you're doing, you're doing fine. Brilliant. Um, number seventeen question is, this is an interesting question for you. What I have this question is, what's the greatest lesson you've learned about blank? And I have it as, um, like insert guest's career. You do a lot of things, mm. so I don't know how to approach this. Like, help me out. Like, um, well, I mean, it was in, it was so kind of gorgeous what you said at the start about like the I don't want to misquote you, but you're basically saying that your job is to kind of like bring joy to people. Yeah. Like maybe that's the question then. Like, what's the greatest like thing you've learned about doing that for a living in whatever medium you're doing it in? Um, smile all the time and talk to everyone. Really? Like that's and that's just like I've said this. Like I was, I was speaking at World Happiness Day and I said those exact words. I've said it in like kind of not lectures but like classes and stuff that I've been teaching. Is like smile all the time, even when you're feeling really shitty. Smile. Um, Smile at people, smile at yourself, um, be really happy. Just talk to everyone. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you talk to people? Yeah. Because um, you never know, like, obviously there's the whole mercenary networking side of things where, you know, it's like you'll talk to someone to maybe work together or achieve some kind of goal. Mm-hmm. But also talking to people is awesome. People mm-hmm. are, I know I just said that people are shitty on Tinder. Mm-hmm. But like, people in real life are great. Yeah. Well, most of the time. Yeah, sure. And if they're not you'll feel way better about yourself because you're not a shitty person. Yeah. Or maybe you are. And that's okay. Shout out to the shitty people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty great. And like, do you ever, like, do you, when you find yourself like smiling kind of regardless of what's mm. going on, do you ever find like, like, does that ever feel false to you? Um, No. Not really. It's like such a deep-rooted part of my like personal philosophy and worldview. Yeah. That, you know, it's... um. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying that I'm, I don't have like miserable, scowly, shithead days. Sure. Or I just sit around looking like a, an angry pug. Just, um, you know, there, there's no harm like in smiling. And also, I mean, like, there's the, the cold hard fact that if you smile, it triggers like a, a kind of what a subconscious reaction that will actually release happy hormones into your head. Yeah. And um, you will feel happier as a result. Uh-huh. But, Again, it's like the whole thing that I was saying earlier that if you can improve somebody's day by smiling, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing of a positive feedback loop is something that I've learned as well. It's um, that if you make someone happy, it'll make you happy and it'll become a larger thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, if, if I had to boil it down to one sentence, it'd be like smile and talk to everyone. That's amazing. And yeah. th- that's so interesting to me about what you're saying about like the positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Like, have you had an experience of late where or just in general where you've like there's someone that's breaking that loop and you're like fuck like I love this person they're a great person but like you are a negative part of my life and it does affect me and I don't know if I can justify that yeah I actually have um and it's it's sad you know it's like some people like I don't know how to say this without sounding like an absolute prick but like you're under no obligation to keep people in your life Mm-hmm. all the time and I mean like people change and life changes and you change and some people just drift apart and I think it's okay to realise that it's okay to look at aspects of your life and um, and people in your life and say you know this is not good for you it's not good for me mm. and if it's not good for either of us then it's not going to be good for anyone really mm-hmm. it's just going to make things worse on a larger scale mm. Um, and I mean it's not always easy mm-hmm. 
but sometimes you have to look at what's better for for everyone yeah 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 it's so interesting i'm trying to like i'm trying to i did kind of reason that i asked was like i'm interested in that and i'm kind of trying to write about that mm-hmm. like at the moment in the way of like i'm trying to write about like a relationship that ends and like obviously you, you associate like a relationship ending as a negative thing because it can be painful and hurtful mm-hmm. and whatever else but i'm trying to write about it in the fact that like just because it ends doesn't mean it's a waste of time like it was the perfect relationship for that time mm-hmm. and now is a different time and maybe we need different things for this time that's yeah it's something that i'm really really interested in um and one night i was having a few drinks with a mate of mine and we'd both gone through breakups of like not super long relationships but like you know they were they were relationships they were important mm. and we came up with this thing called the dead kitten um he came up with this i don't like hopefully he came up with this it's probably <laughs> you know he didn't like take it off how i met your mother or something like that yeah that like um if you think of a relationship as a kitten, two people meet and this kitten appears. Right. And it's beautiful and it's fuzzy and it's warm and it, it, it's affectionate and it's like it sleeps on top of you and it nuzzles you and it comes into the bathroom and you're doing a poo but it's still cute because it's a kitten. <laughs> like it's that kind of thing. And like that's unbelievable. And sometimes that relationship flourishes and you... You, you go on, you have this beautiful everlasting cat or kitten, and it's like, that's brilliant. Mm. But sometimes the relationship doesn't work, and the kitten dies. And if you don't realize that or let it go, then you're just a weirdo carrying around a dead kitten. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, having, like I see a lot of my friends. Well, not a lot of my friends. I can just think of a few of my friends. And like... I'll ne- I don't want to say this to any of them because, like, you know, maybe they're comfortable or they like they don't have the same kind of opportunity or worldview or like anything as myself. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm in a very privileged position to be able to kind of like run around and do things, and not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. But like some people, especially who've been in like really long relationships, the people that they both are. I've just changed so monumentally. Mm. It doesn't always work. And you know what? That's purely from an external way. Maybe like behind closed doors together, they're the best ever. And, you know, they love each other super deeply and truly and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I consider a beautiful thing about a relationship is that if you change, you change together and you work with those changes and you become... I suppose dynamic people for each other and you most importantly you love each other and you you'll always take care of each other um but it is about realizing that people do change mm. and sometimes people change in a that they go down paths which aren't compatible mm-hmm. and that's cool but there's yeah. there's no obligation to to you know stay with a person if you know that path is completely ir- irreconcilable yeah and it's really tough, like especially, you know, now I'm at, like I'm at the age of like people are starting to get married and have kids and everything like that, which is freaking me out. Mm, sure, like, absolutely freaking me out. Um, but yeah, I think that's something maybe people need to think about a bit more, or like yeah, because it I think it's easier if you like. It, the relationships that are easy to end is when you just fucking hate the person. You're like, yeah. this is awful. And we're making each other not happy. But yeah. if you, like, I, I've, I just, whatever it is, I have some friends that have been finishing up college and, like, had mm-hmm. a lot of, like, really close friends. And normally close friends with, like, both people and their relationships 
have ended and like there's something so admirable about it because what was great about all of them was no one hated anyone at the end and it was like that's fucking brave to walk away from something that wasn't even making you necessarily like super unhappy it was just that somewhere deep down you just knew it wasn't right you don't have to hate someone to break up with them you don't have to hate someone to break up with them it doesn't have to be this big fireworks screaming match yeah sometimes you just get this feeling and they could be the best person in the world yeah that's the thing and like that's the really shitty thing sometimes that yeah they could genuinely be like this amazing person Mm. and they might just not be right for the person you are right now Mm. and that's okay that is okay yeah that's absolutely okay yeah yeah it's such an interesting thing it is it's like the whole the whole I suppose mood of a breakup is always like it's tough yeah it's really tough it is yeah Yeah, I don't know you know what that's why you should always smile up at people you yeah. don't know who's going through a big nasty breakup. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, like, do you ever get someone who does like does walking in the street and they just smile at you and it honestly does something in your tummy? Oh, full on. A- and it flips and you're just like, whoa, you've actually improved my day by like a significant percentage. Mm-hmm. Like just one little smile from a stranger. Yeah. yeah. Or even if you listen to someone and you're like, th- and they, they're listening to something in their headphones, maybe they're talking to someone and you see them smile or you're like they're listening to a podcast that makes yeah. them laugh and like that can just lift you. You're like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. so gorgeous. Like, yeah, no, it is really, it's lovely. It's really, and like, you know, just be kind to someone. Be yeah. kind to, like, anything like that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good, man. Let's go. I'll get, I want to I wanna get you a number. So let's like, go. I want to get a number. Okay, let's do it. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Um, okay, but the, but the number 40. Number 40, no. Do you know 40? No. I think, uh, turn that sheet over. I think I did a first draft and 40 was on it. 40 was on it. Yeah, you see, I didn't, yeah. and I didn't give you, I didn't give you a space to do your own number, so I X'd it out and started again yeah, on the other well, side. listen, that's destiny, isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah. Right, on. okay, Let's question go. number 40 is, what is your biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy? Ooh, <laughs> I really liked a session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you on that one, man. Like, I swear to God, my job involves so much, like, great food and lovely booze. Yeah. That, like, like, fucking hell, I eat in restaurants probably, like, four nights a week. Um, That's great. I do a lot of work with, like, you know, kind of, like, alcohol brands. And then a lot of the nights that I DJ, like, there's always free beer there. And, like, I don't always drink it, but it's, like, there's that and there's the fact that, like, most of my job involves really late nights and everything like that. Like, I would be lying if I said that I was a health guru. Yeah. Like, I am not a health influencer or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the happy pair would disappear if they were in the same room with me. Like, it's that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, no, I think uh, I'd be too much of a classic bon vivant that, um, yeah, like... Seriously, like you know, have you know the saying like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Sure. Like, have those people tried butter? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a good red wine, a cheese and meat board, like pizza. Yeah. Like fuck that, man. I know. But you know what? It's like sometimes I, I, I I've thought about this. It's like the balance of being healthy and being happy, and like how can you be one without the other? Yeah. It's like and kind of mentally healthy. Like, I, I go through periods where, like, you know, I have a personal trainer and everything like that, and it's great. Um, and he, he said it to me. He was like, if you didn't have the lifestyle that you had, you'd be in absolutely incredible shape. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but if I was in incredible shape and I didn't have the lifestyle that I had, I'd be, you know, I'd just be miserable with the six-pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think my, my biggest downfall <laughs> when it comes to being healthy is, like, everything that I do kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with not being healthy at all. Yeah. Um, 
But like, you know what, I um, kind of recently started taking multivitamins um, under the the, insi- under, the insi- under the insistence of a uh, of of certain people who are just kind of telling me to like just yeah you know positive badgering yeah 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 and that's good drinking some more orange juice keeps scurvy at bay absolutely yeah imagine getting fucking scurvy scurvy's bad can it, you imagine I I like not really because I'm not a pirate you know what I actually like was getting full on vitamin C deficiency a while ago really yeah. Like, I got these, like, I felt like cuts on the side of my mouth. Whoa. And um, I was like, oh, my God. Just, like, didn't feel like a cold sore or anything like that. And I looked it up and was like, yeah, you've got a serious vitamin deficiency. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Whoa. Legit. Um, I'd just been, like, I think I'd eaten in restaurants, like, for some, like, 15 or 16 nights in a row. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, like, it's not a massively diverse meal. It's probably, like, a lot of a... A lot of salt, a lot of fat, mm-hmm. everything like that, and it's just like the small amount of vegetables you're getting on a plate, yeah, probably isn't going to uh, isn't going to like fully give you your your RDA or anything. I know it is weird when you're like when you when you catch your body like doing what bodies do, you know? Yeah, oh, it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like you're like, Full oh, on. my body's working the way it should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's telling me that I'm not treating it properly. You know, it's mm. weird. Yeah, but yeah, like straight up, I do not have the healthiest lifestyle yeah. in the world. And like, you but know, you're happy, you know. I'm really happy because that did. question could as equally like be, you know, someone else could choose to answer that question as like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really like not enjoying my life because I, I really want a six pack and I'm working out like yeah. twice a day, six days a week, and I'm, I'm not eating like mm-hmm. carbs and I love carbs and you know you can yeah. that can make you unhappy. It can make you unhappy. Like I've done that before and at the time it did make me really happy. Yeah. But now where I am in my life, like I'm just really fucking happy mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that I'm unhealthy. No, 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 I exercise and I kind of now I eat a little bit better and st- like sleep is probably a big one as well. Yeah, like I usually work. God, like if I, I'm my, like in the last two weeks I've had maybe like two nights off. Wow, and it's been it's been busy. Like even like looking in the last ten days, I like four days of taste of Dublin. So those doing 28 cooking demonstrations and then Saturday night I was DJing Sunday night I had that after party that I mentioned afterwards where I got home at all hours of Monday morning yeah Um. then I was DJing Monday night I was doing a cooking demo on Tuesday I was uh, then DJing Tuesday night then I was DJing Wednesday morning at half six in the morning at Morning Gloryville uh-huh. then I had a 15 hour day of filming on Thursday and then another day of filming on Friday Saturday wow. I went up to Bundoran to for a C sessions. Yeah. Yesterday I spent most of the day travelling back and today I'm here. And like yeah, like I'm not getting a whole lot of rest. Mm-hmm. But it's genuinely like everything that I'm doing I really, really, really enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. it's kinda Yeah, I made this decision a while ago to because I found that some of my work was actually affecting my negative my or my men- mental health in a really negative way. Mm. That I was going to gigs that I, I just wasn't looking forward to doing them. Yeah. When I was, like, walking to the gig, I'd feel really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, nobody should do that. I mean, like, if you're going into into work dreading your day at work, then fuck that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um. So I stopped, like, full-on just stopped doing any gig that, um, that I didn't enjoy, which was really scary at the time because that was, like, the majority of my income. Sure. Um, but now... It's kind of like 
there's just loads of gigs that I enjoy doing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did clearing out that space, did you find that then space opened up for stuff that you did enjoy oh, and did pay like, and like could pay the bills? wouldn't believe. Isn't that amazing? It's brilliant. What do you think that is? Do you think that that was, like, just, like... Like, do you think that was, like, the universe? Do you think that that was, like, just a practicality thing of, like, I have the time now, like, stuff will come? What um, was it? I think it was... A mix of time and effort, and then a little bit of a, a little bit of the universe giving me a bit of a thumbs up. Yeah, um, which is great. But yeah, I think that you have to let people know that you are available and that you are willing to work and you want to do things. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just quit all your work and then sit at home and wait for the phone to ring. Yeah, you really do have to get out there and you know kind of look at where you want to be and figure out how to get there. Yeah, like you, like not to butter your bread, but I was only when you were talking earlier and I was like, you do strike me as one of the most people that I've ever met. I'm like, I not to project this onto you, mm. but like my outsider looking in, like feeling yeah. of you is just like, you're someone who like, it'll be hard to have regrets because your life, I mean, again, like it's from the outside. Mm. So you could be saying, you never know what's going on or something, but like you, you seem to live like a really cool life, a really full life. You've experienced a lot of things and it seems to be things that you genuinely love. Like it's great. Yeah, I'm really like, man, I'm... So fucking lucky. Yeah. Like, and, like, it's one of those, uh, of course I could say to everyone, like, you know, follow your dreams and do everything like that, but, like, it all comes from having actually just spent time finding what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, it's weird. When I was a, when I was in a, when I moved out of, out of house, and I, when I was, like, maybe 21 to 23, Myself and a group of lads um, set up this thing. This is going to sound so fucking weird for people <laughs> listening. Called the Excalibur Group. Worst name ever, right? Okay. But it was like maybe 10 of us. We'd meet up once a week and we would lay out our goals for a certain amount of time. Be it like the next five days, be it 10 days, a month, a year. Um, and they could be anything. And the one rule of the group was that it could be completely non-judgmental and had to be supportive. Um, and we were all like guys in our early 20s. And like usually... Like, I remember, like, telling somebody about this, and they were like, oh, man, that's gay. And it's like, no. Like, it's actually, that was a huge part of the formation of who I am now. Yeah, I'm so jealous of that group. Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of, it's cool. But, I mean, like, find like-minded people. Yeah. And, like, get them to hold you accountable for doing anything from, like, buying your vegetables up to, you know, getting that bigger gig or talking to that girl or talking to that guy or mm. doing anything mm. yeah and that's yeah and I don't want to like I'm, I just became wary of like me saying that I, I don't want that to sound like so what balance of yeah putting yourself let me like you said that you're lucky mm. which I'm sure is like partially true but it also sounds like you work like extremely hard like how do you find like that balance like do you believe like that what like is like hard work is just when luck meets opportunity or whatever you know what's your feeling on like how you've manifested this thing for yourself i think that luck is um luck in situations like this is a kind of a fabricated idea mm-hmm. i think like luck when you don't get hit by a car is luck or luck when you win at a scratch card yeah is like probability rather than luck yeah um Luck in a situation like this is, I'd say, a mix of um, awareness, seizing opportunity. Going to say, like, I'm really aware of coming across kind of like conceited or cocky or anything like this. I just really want to kind of put across that it is a lot of hard work. Sure. And that, like, 
work really hard, work smart, treat everything with a bit of respect. Um, and then like, just keep working. Mm. Like things don't happen by themselves. Why do you think that like, because I completely understand that hesitancy to not come across in yeah, that way. Like, but why do we have, wait, like, because I find like, because I also think that I like work hard, but like mm-hmm. it's also kind of embarrassing to say that. It's a really weird thing, isn't it? Why is that? I mean, like the, the last thing I want to come across is like cocky or conceited or arrogant or anything like that. And I don't think like, you are or do. No, like I'm, I hope not. It's like, uh, like I've had a bit of success and I'm really, really fortunate. And like I, I would say that the luck that I have is that I'm lucky that everything worked out. I'm lucky that I dropped out of college at 21 to to follow a career in comedy mm-hmm. and I'm lucky that I suppose I I worked at it to a point where I was getting gigs internationally and you know doing the shows that I wanted to be doing yeah and I'm lucky that things worked out but you know at the same time you have such a massive role to play in those things working out mm. it's not like you just set a wheel in motion and you hope that it rolls right mm-hmm. you have to you you can't not work. Yeah. Like, this is, I think, you know, like, it's not, like, the secret or anything like that. You can't just wish for something to happen and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. You have to just absolutely, like, smash your bollocks off and and get it done. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I suppose it's, it's a case of, like, look at people who are where you want to be and imagine how they got there. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at how you can get there. Ireland's a like fairly easy place to do things. It's not a big place, mm-hmm. so if you're good at something, your name will travel fast. Actually, that's the biggest thing. If you're in a creative career, be good at something and actually be good at it. Don't think you're great. Yeah. Get critical advice from people you respect. Mm-hmm. Try to work with people you respect as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Always work with people better than you. Um, and there will always be someone better than you. Mm. Like that's the thing. Mm. Like. So, yeah, I think that's when it, when it comes down to luck. I think like yeah, luck is the the feeling of fortune that you have when a when you take a chance and that chance works out. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, like <laughs> not to say like thanks for sharing that because I know hmm. it's kind of uncomfortable. It's weird, to, but it yeah, it's super valuable. I think for like for me to hear for people here. One other question I had for you: like you dropped out of college at twenty one to pursue mm-hmm. comedy. Like now you pursue so many different things. Like, did you ever like? Do you like? Did you ever find it difficult to reconcile the fact that like now that you do so many things, like you're on, you're a chef, you're on mm-hmm. TV, you're hosting, DJing, whatever, like that? Was it difficult to reconcile? Like, maybe I don't just want to be a stand-up comedian. Like, did did it, did it involve, I guess, a kind of what your dream was when you started, and then that's changed over time? And was it difficult to let go of that original thing? No, not really, because the original thing never changed like I still love doing stand up yeah but I'm pretty comfortable wearing a lot of hats yeah and I was really listening to that internal monologue and not having that one track mind of being like no I can't do other things because I am a comedian yes and I have to go and I have to write jokes and perform them um, and realising that it's all part of a bigger picture of entertainment or making people happy and most of all making myself happy mm. um, I'm just kind of being myself mm. and I mean if that's on stage for 25 minutes telling jokes or on stage for four hours 
DJing or cooking dinner for some friends or you know being on TV or doing anything like that as long as I'm being true to myself then that's that's what the most important thing is mm. and I think that goes for for anyone is like listen to that internal monologue and listen to what it's saying and if you're not being true to yourself then stop yeah 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 mm. amazing man all right we've got 10 minutes left all right let's do it let's, let's try to get some numbers let's smash let's this out put let's put some on the board all right okay uh here we go number 42 no okay number 42 <laughs> what is your biggest career disappointment except for not having a number thus far <laughs> Oh, I don't think anything's going to trump that. <laughs> uh, biggest career disappointment. Um, you got very careery all of a sudden. Got very careery, yeah. Um, it's kind of nice, I'm up for it. Biggest career disappointment. I don't know. Like, from every, like, you can only be disappointed if you have massive expectations for something. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I very much try and limit is expectations. I think, like, I mean, you're an actor. You've you've done comedy. You've you've kind of we work in the same realm. Yeah. Like, how many auditions that do you, have you walked out of that you're like, I nailed that. They loved me. I made them laugh. And then like, you just don't get a call. Yeah. Like, and you do enough of those. Like, I remember starting off comedy. Like, I kind of started doing little bits of TV stuff in Republic Italian. I was like, this is it. This is my career. I'm going to have sold out shows in Vicker Street. Uh, I am kind of like, um, and then I didn't, and that was harsh in my head. You know, it was like mm. it was uh, like it, it didn't really, didn't really add up in my own mind that I could have worked so hard and it didn't materialize. So yeah. that made me realize that disappointment comes from expectation. Um, I suppose one thing that like kind of was a bit shitty was I, I filmed um filmed a pilot for a TV show in December um, with a company over in Los Angeles who, and the, they cut this amazing pilot like genuinely I, I watched it for the first time and I was like oh my god I cannot believe that I am part of this like it was bigger than the sum of everyone involved I just didn't get picked up Oh, and that's okay like yeah. that's absolutely fine um, but you know that in its own way would have been a bit of a game changer and the thing is, I'm pretty happy with the game I'm playing right now. Mm-hmm. But it would have uh, it would have upped things a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's cool that it didn't. But I really would have liked it to. Yeah. So that's that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's so interesting when that I had like a very similar experience, like mm. with the states and like a yeah. thing that, yeah, that like was happening until it didn't happen, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I, and what, what do you mind me asking? Like, can you like was it like an acting thing or like a hosting thing? No, or? it was basically my, my own food show with a friend of mine. Wow, it was two of us. Um, it was a really cool concept. We go into into like well known places and we kind of scratch under the surface, look at a lot of local cuisines. We mm. cook with the people, and then um, with the people who are like the experts on the local things. So like we filmed a, an episode in London, mm. and we went around East London. We went fishing for eels with the guy who's the, the president of the Eel Fishers Association. Oh, cool. His name's Gary the Eel. He's a <laughs> fucking character. I swear to God, man. Like, he was this massively... He was about, like, five foot two, massively pro-Brexit, um, looked like a cartoon character, yeah. and all he talked about was eels. The only reason that he wanted Brexit was because the EU lied about eel numbers in, like, in some European countries. Like, th- that, his life was eels. Oh, my God. And then we went to a... We took we caught some eels, um, and then we went to F Cook, which is this place that's been around for 155 years in Hoxton. Yeah, who haven't changed their recipe since they opened. 
and they do like jelly deals and studios and uh like pie and mash and that kind of thing yeah um and we learned to like kill the eels and everything and then we put our own slant on the recipe so hoxton's like really multicultural um and recently multicultural like it used to be like a hardcore kind of cockney mm. area mm. And i was talking to this woman who was like in her in her 90s and she'd been going to f cooks and she was a kid which is insane like you know she was alive during world war Two. yeah and she was like oh yeah no i didn't go for a few years because germans <laughs> like <laughs> proper but I, so we made like i made um made a taco but using like israeli flatbread and some moroccan ingredients um some jamaican stuff and like we barbecued the eel japanese style and everything like that so like it looked great the concept was cool um and you know when you see something and you're like, this is too good to fail. Yeah. And then it fails. Sure. Yeah, so that was pretty it's pretty disappointing. And in those moments, is your, like, I, is your response to be right, be like, right, well, like, straight back at it, got to back to work? Or did oh. you take, did it take some time where you're like, fuck, I don't want to get out of bed today. That was fucking hard. Not really. No, like, it's kind of, I'm lucky enough to have enough other stuff going on. Yeah. That... You know, there was no moment where I was like, oh, I put all my eggs in one basket and now that basket is fucked. Like, yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. Right, okay. Because I had to. It was yeah. a different thing. It was well, this, like, sometimes you do have to. And sometimes, like, it's probably the right thing to do if you think it's cool. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. This was like, I don't know if I said this in the show before, but it was like a, it was a show and I was going to Broadway, like, to, mm. like, real life Broadway, like, which oh is God. like, for an, yeah. an actor, theatre actor especially, yeah. that's like, literally like the... Pin, like a like pinnacle yeah, of what you can do. Yeah. Um. It was like twenty three. Like the like lead like a, a lead part in it. Like super mm. cool. And like contracts were all signed and stuff. And like told my friends, told my family. Like yeah. Like guys, I'm going to Broadway, which was so above and beyond anything that like yeah. It's like you really could have imagined, especially like a year out of drama school, or whatever. And then contract signed like a week before we go. We're all called into a room and like the guys, the show's been cancelled. Like just like that very little explanation, just canned, yeah. Like and like I'd turned down other jobs because you had, like you know you had to you were moving yeah. to New York, so it was that kind of thing. And it's just like it is fucking like that's definitely where that well, question comes it, from. Cause it's I'm, humiliating, isn't it? You kind of go so between your between your tails between your leg, and you turn around, and you're like, yeah. oh, you know that thing. Gone. Not so much, yeah. Gone. It's it's like it's humiliating is the best word, and it took me ages to identify that that was the feeling, mm. because everyone was like, but it's not your fault. And I'm like, I know it. But it like it's emba- it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but it's cool to get to that stage of the process, though, isn't it? Really cool. That's what yeah. I was gonna say to you because then mm-hmm. in hindsight you're kind of like, yeah, fuck. And there's loads of things that wouldn't have happened. Like you yeah. can do that. Of and course you can. What's, it's still it, what, shit. what's to say it's not gonna happen again though? For That's sure. The thing you know. Absolutely like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I want to get a number. Sorry. Come on, let's Sorry. do it. I really want to get a number. Stop talking about your failures and let's go onwards. Twelve. Twelve. Motherfucker. All right. Twelve. No. Twelve. You give me a one-word answer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you ever wish you were born the opposite gender? Um, no, I'm pretty pretty chill being a dude. I like my chest hair. Nice. All Not right. so fond of my back hair, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a number. We'll, we'll just find you a number in here somewhere. Number 39. 30? I have 38. Ah, Piece of shit. Right. Okay, no, let's go. What's a... Oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I forgot to answer it. Number 39 question is, what is your relationship to social media? Oh, it's my job. Um, yeah. I have literally... I Snapchat, Instagram... Facebook, everything. It's my promotional tool and it's the, re- without a doubt, uh, one of the main tools in what brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I have an in-depth relationship with social media. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Hashtag failing a personality bingo. Hashtag failing a personality bingo. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, number... S- 
number 59. I have 55. This is... Let's go. Let's go. What no. is your relationship to your phone? To my phone? Oh, same as, uh, same as the previous answer. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going either. to go into town and get a new phone after this because mine is fucked. No way. Um, but no, it's, I've, I'm... Very, I'm in a, an intimate relationship with my phone. Yeah. A bit too much, probably. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it kind of it can take you over. But I've uh, one. I, I'm very. I try to be mindful and kind of aware of the moment a lot of the time because, like, you know, if you're doing cool stuff, you don't want to be like doing cool stuff through the lens of an Instagram story or yeah. anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I'll be. Uh, a business relationship with my phone. Yeah, if you want to put it like that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. nice. All right. <laughs> we have to find you one. Have to. <laughs> um, number fifty-six. I have fifty-five. Pieces. Oh my god, we're just we're just playing with you here. Uh, what's the nicest thing someone has said about you, or to you? Was it actually? But I mean, it's probably the same. The nicest thing. That's a big one. It is a big one. That's that again a, a new question. That's a big and nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Without kind of revealing too many personal details. Sure. Um, You're trying to say you have a massive penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, sorry, mom, if you're listening. But you made this. Um. um I had somebody get in touch with me on Snapchat a while ago. Um, so th- this is about a year and a half ago. I um, I came home after a night out. I was DJing. And it was at a time when uh, when I was thinking a lot about mental health mm. and stuff like that and kind of communicating issues with mental health. And I talked about that on Snapchat. And I said, like, if anyone has any issues, um, I, I was a bit pissed. I was kind of like... You know, never be afraid to talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. even if it means talking to a stranger, drop me a line. Let's have a chat. Um, and I woke up to about 200 messages um, on my Snapchat. Like, just like this never-ending list of everything from people being like, thank you for saying this. It means a lot. Um, but there was a few people who, who, who'd kind of messaged me sporadically um, and who I'd check in on as well. You know, like, just... And these are people, like, all around the world. I just send them a message... Be like, hey, how are you getting on? Hmm. Um, and there was one girl in uh, in Manchester who was in a fairly dark place, and we talked a little bit, and I was kind of seeing how her life's getting on and everything like that. And um, she said that um, kind of chatting with me had got her into care and had t- t- taken her out of a suicidal state. Wow. Which I know, like that that probably meant quite a bit to me and like mm. that kind of floored me a little bit that like you know social media for the most part is a load of shite but if it can have an effect like that then then that's good someone told me I had a good bum once so that's pretty good as well that's pretty good I'd put them pretty much on a yeah pretty I, much on a I on think a, so on a, on a par yeah. side by side <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean like potato potato yeah <laughs> but yeah that's a, that was pretty cool that's kind of amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was kind of that was kind of a nice moment. And hmm. uh, number five. Five. Nope. Oh my god! As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, still a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Peter Pan. One of the best answers. 
I asked my friend Saul that once. I was like, what did you want to be when you were five? And you just said six. And I thought that was the best. <laughs> it's not bad. The best thing. No, like when I was a kid, um, I don't know. Just a doctor, a lawyer, all these things that I can't imagine doing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And you get the like, reality is like the, a doctor like just puts his fingers at people's bums. For like... 70 hours a week yeah yes so much bum fingering and then he goes not to even work. recreationally <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going on so much over time we'll just get your number it doesn't matter 26 nope oh my god what is your most treasured relationship with someone over the age of 65 with my dad definitely yeah. my dad's 71 and he's my best mate that's amazing yeah and we didn't always get on growing up but uh my mum has very bad mental health issues she has uh fairly advanced borderline personality disorder which I suppose is one of the big reasons that I'm very aware of these things and I talk about them and um, I suppose I'm a massive advocate for um, accessibility to mental health help and um, yeah. now I, I'd meet up with my dad a few times a week and we go on trips together and everything like that so definitely 100% my dad that's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. wow. I'm really lucky for that Yeah, that is amazing yeah mm-hmm. and like what kind of relationship do you have with your mum um, remember earlier when we were kind of talking about like cutting people out of your life and everything like that it's kind of gotten to that Wow. which is really I mean it's sad but at the same time like I'm a trigger for massive outbursts on her part sure which um, is is really rough and especially like something as as deeply disturbing as borderline personality yeah. disorder Um, like the woman that I grew up with as my mother just isn't there anymore and like it I kind of watched it like tear my dad apart for years um, as her condition got worse and worse and worse and worse and I started seeing him not as my dad but as a person mm. um, so it, I'm not It's it hasn't been easy yeah but uh, but it's real it's life you know so you just kind of have to have to accept it and get on with it and if you if you dwell on it then no one benefits yeah, you can't really help anyone if you're just miserable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, like, if they're like, got not to try and pull a silver lining, but it is kind of amazing that like, well, not amazing, but it it is a, it's great to have a great relationship with your dad. Absolutely, you yeah. Know? No, I mean, like, I'm not saying that we wouldn't have this relationship if it wasn't for kind of the, the mental health issues that are troubling my mum. But it's it's definitely a massive, massive part of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get you a number. Let's get me a number. All right. Yeah. Okay. I will. Like we're over time, but that's okay. But let's do like maximum three. If you don't get it in this three, you're okay, gone. Then, get then the it's fuck out get of the this studio. Out of here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's do it. Come on. Number fifty-two. No. Okay. What is going on? This here? is mad. I don't know, man. Has this happened before? Yeah. People just haven't got it. I don't think anyone's been like not leaving. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fifty-two. Question is: When was the last time you wrote a letter? Does an email count? No. Like, hand wrote a letter. I've written notes. Okay. Recently. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, um, then in the last two months. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, what, like were they, like, nice uh, notes? Like, absolute love letter. Like, smitten love letters, yeah. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 like, that's what, like, like your fantasy the answer will be and then no one will ever say it. it's like no it's just to the postman to like yeah no side. for real yeah really mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah because that must mean a lot to the person who gets them i hope so yeah yeah but it's uh, like uh 
Like I wasn't doing it to get a reaction. I was doing it because I wanted to do it. You know, and that's, that's kind of that's awesome. That is amazing. Because yeah. like we were like, I guess because it means more when it's written down for some reason. For some weird reason, it takes a little bit more effort to pick up a pen and yeah. and write something. That's pretty cool. Then yeah, so that was that was cool. That's yeah. all right. I th- I I might steal that. I think yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. It's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, you've got two more though. Okay, let's so. do it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Whoa, two balls came out. I'll put one of them back in. The one I took out was 37. I have 38. Oh, we're just fucking with you at this You know stage. what? Like, I guarantee the last one we're going to get is yeah. going to be one of my numbers. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, we've got one. Question 37 is, what are your thoughts on James Blunt? I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you follow him on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. What a man. Good crack. I think he's gas. Um, like, I don't actually find his music that averse. No. Like, fucking... He's better than the Chainsmokers. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, you know what? Like, he seems like a bit of crack. He's definitely, he could definitely beat up everyone I know because he's like a tank commander in the army. Yeah. Um, Yeah, fucking, I think it was just, it's trendy to hate on James Blunt. Yeah. You know what, James Blunt, if you're listening to this, let's go for a pint. Yeah, do you know what else he does? He definitely writes letters. He definitely writes loads of letters. 100%. You know what? Do you think he manages his own Twitter? I'd say he does. Yeah? Like, he's very, like, he doesn't, he's really, like, likable because he just doesn't take himself seriously. No, he takes the piss, like, at a grade eight level. If you're listening to this, look up James Blunt on Twitter. I can't believe I'm plucking James <laughs> Blunt and not myself. Yeah. Um, he is yeah. great. He's great. Okay, Marcus. Final number. Final number. It's the final countdown. Right, let's do it. I feel like Chris Tarrant. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. I'm so scared for you. <laughs> number 23. I have 22. Ah! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. my God. And so I was just like, what did you want to be when you picked 22, 23? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, well, let's fuck it. Let's go out with a bang. Let's Question number bang. 23. Mm, kind of interesting. When was the last time you said a prayer? Oh. Should have said your prayers before this, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not religious yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but I was, in, um, I was in Myanmar last October. And I went to a temple in Mandalay, up on Mandalay Hill. Um, and I, I don't want to say, like, saying a prayer might be, like, slightly disrespectful to people who actually pray. Mm. But a, a moment of quiet contemplation and reflection looking over. So I'd say, like, seriously said a prayer around then. Mm. Um, put my hopes and dreams into a non-verbal thought all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I kind of, you know what? I should have said prayers that I'd get numbers. Yeah, yeah. This, I'm surprised, man. I was so, so ready to ask you a question to get to get your truth. Well, you're just you're gonna have to come back another time. You're gonna have to. <laughs> yeah. Man, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell the people where to find you on social media, gigs, whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on Instagram, it's Marcus Comedy. Um, if you're on Facebook, it's www.facebook.com forward slash Marcus Comedy. Snapchat is Marcus.comedy. And I'm actually going to be starting a podcast very soon with a with a friend of mine. Uh, it's called In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, where we're going to be taking 15 minutes of information and delivering it to you in a nice bite-sized shower-long podcast, which is going to be really, really fun and cool. Yeah, that's the producer personality bingo. That is the, the person. Guy's not, it's the boss woman. <laughs> the boss woman. The boss woman. The big boss girl, yeah. Taz Kelleher. <laughs> Amazing. Man, thank you so much for playing Personality Bingo. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
So guys, that was Marcus O'Leara playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Marcus for taking the time to do it. As I said, if you're a fan of this podcast, you're a fan of Marcus as far as I'm concerned. That was such a smashing episode and he's been so kind and even offering to hook me up with uh, you know additional guests because it's really difficult to try and you know keep people coming in um, that you know we want to talk to and you want to hear so uh, a massive thank you to Marcus as I said if you're a fan of this podcast you're an even bigger fan of Taz Kelleher she is the heartbeat of this podcast without Taz there is no podcast there is just a pod guys check out their new podcast it's called In The Shower it's a podcast meant to be listened to In The Shower it's 15 minutes it answers the big questions in life and I think you're going to learn something while getting to hang out with these two delightful people chatting away in your ears they're like sunny delight except without the cancer <laughs> that should definitely be your ta- tagline guys your Taz line see what I did there woohoo guys other than that check out The Rivals I am in a play I am an actor primarily podcasting is like a lovely wonderful deadly little hobby uh, and I absolutely love it and I absolutely love getting to connect with you guys but my bread and butter is acting come see me do it in Smock Alley we are previewing this Monday and Tuesday we open on August the 2nd which is a Wednesday come check us out and then we're running for 5 weeks until the beginning of September so no excuse not to see us the tickets are super reasonably priced um Priced, not priced. The prices are extortionate, but the prices are 15 to 18 euro. Uh, other than that, Smock Alley is a beautiful venue, and I'm delighted to say I'm going to be back there directly after with another musical called Fierce Notions, written by the incredibly talented Fionn Foley, produced by the wonderful Andy Carberry, who heads Ill Advised Theatre Company, kind of the driving force behind new musical theatre in Ireland, which is um, something that really needs to be done. And it's amazing that uh, a company like Ill Advised are doing it. Um, with such uh, vigour and passion and quality. Uh, Guys, other than that, come check out our live show at the Tivoli Theatre. There's been a lot happening lately. It's kind of hard to stay on top of it all, but we have an awesome live show with an Irishman abroad. Roddy Doyle is going to be chatting to Jarlett Regan, and I am going to be chatting to Jarlett Regan on my show. We're going to be basically the opening act for them. It's double bill, buy a ticket for one, you get both of us. Um, I assume you know there's going to be mainly an Irishman abroad fans there, but it would be amazing if we had a a, a good clump of personality bingo fans just to... uh, to balance things out you know Jareth is such an interesting guy and someone who you know maybe we don't know loads about because he's normally the one asking the question so I'm really excited to get to know Jareth a little bit better over the course of this podcast it's one of those weird things where you know when you listen to a podcast you feel like you know the person I've never met Jareth before I kind of feel like he's a mate it's really exciting that I'm actually going to get to sit down with him for a little over an hour and talk so if you guys want to be there for that come check us out in the Tivoli Theatre September 22nd it's an evening show I think it's probably 7.30 or something like that and tickets are on sale on Ticketmaster this Monday it's produced by um, presented I should say by Aiken Promotions and the Headstuff uh, network it's super super exciting and um, a massive congratulations to Paddy and Alan for all the work that they've done for Headstuff and for making this uh, happen they deserve everything that they've got they've got amazing podcasts coming like S-Town my dad wrote a porno um, you know so many of the Headstuff podcasts like Juvenalia Reviewables Alison Spittle Show uh, Fascinated No Encore Show um, it's just it, it, it's really really awesome uh, the Dubland podcast is going to be there as well uh, there's just so many brilliant things happening so please do check that out uh, guys just a few quick thank yous the normal ones to the boss woman Taz Keller I'm very excited for her podcast coming out super soon she edits mixes and records this podcast and she's the busiest woman alive and she does such a wonderful job I actually have a present for her and I haven't got to give it to her yet but um 
It's going to be really nice when I do. Uh, guys, other than that, thank you to Alan and Paddy, as I said, for all the amazing work they do. To Sean, all the amazing social media folk who are in head stuff just um, blasting uh, the internet with with uh, spam about podcasts. It's uh, what needs to happen, and it's amazing. Thank you so much. You are unsung heroes. Other than that, guys, a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for our wonderful artwork, to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley. Uh, I had the urge to say that they got engaged. They're not even going out. Um, they, I don't think they've ever engaged in any kind of sexual activity before which I mean you don't need to, to get engaged I suppose but uh, just thanks for your music guys uh, and you know for being there for me to create fictional circumstances around you guys beyond that uh, I think that's it a massive thank you to you for taking the time to listen I'm so tired of speaking this quickly but tune in next week when someone who I haven't recorded with yet plays personality bingo with <sighs> Tom Moore. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.